This is an Onami podcast. Hi, everyone. Okay. Welcome back to the pod. It's good to be here again. Good to be with you again. Um, today on the pod, we have uh, one of my closest, longest friends. She's an actress, um, screenwriter, screenwriting coach at this point, um, and just a lovely human who's about to become a mother. <laughs> Makes me want to cry. Um, I love her. I've been friends with her for a long time. She played Missy Meanie on Ned's Declassified. Um, yeah, so we, we were part of the Ned's family together, and she's just stayed family, and I'm friends with her family. I love her husband. I sang at their wedding. I will love their child. Um, yeah, this is one of my close, real peeps in my life, and I'm willing to share her with you, and I'm willing to share our connection with you, so enjoy I hope you enjoy the conversation like I did. We talk about our time on Ned's. We talk about our uh, familial love for each other. We talk about um, pivoting when life doesn't go where you think it's going to go. Um, and she gives, she drops some nice nuggets about life and relationships and um, just moving through it and staying open and staying playful. It's a... Uh, it's a beautiful thing to have uh, friends you've known for decades and to move through all the changes of life with and know that uh, they're going to be there. And so Carly is that for me, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thanks for being here, all you grown-uppers. All you... Growers still makes me laugh the most. All you growers, we're growing together. Enjoy this conversation with Carly Casey. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, when you're feeling your best, life is awesome. You're in your flow. All is well. Life feels easy. But that is not always the case. Sometimes you are feeling stuck. You're feeling bogged down. And you don't know how to get through. And sometimes talking to a family member or a friend just isn't enough. That's where therapy can come in to help you. I, I personally love calling my therapist. I find it so helpful to have a neutral, third-party professional to talk through some things in my life. Someone who doesn't have a personal investment in, in my story or my success or anything like that. Um, someone who can just listen, help me find the truth of what I'm feeling, and help me get through to the other side. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option for you. It's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash growdevin today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash growdevin, D-E-V-O-N. Let's make a podcast, shall we? Let's make a baby podcast. Let's... Oh! <laughs> Oh, everything's about you and your baby now, isn't it? That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, Carly Casey. Hello. Hi. Hello. Nice Tiny to tater tot. When did I start calling you Tiny, by the way? Because you don't take offense, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've surrendered to it. Like, Wait, that means you don't like it then. <laughs> 
I mean, listen, does, does any man want to be called tiny? <laughs> The no, no, but Carly. I feel like, but it's like when I go to text you, it it's like comes up so naturally. Yes, it's and why then I'm I thought not... the other day, and I was like, why, why, where, where do any nicknames? Come? They they came out of the ether. I don't resist I them. Think... You've had many for me over the years, and I was like going through them in my head, but I was like, tiny is always the one that comes up. That's the up. one that's the. But I think stuck. to be fair, when I met you, you were tiny. That's so. <laughs> I think that's. I think it came up then. I think it was definitely like a. But I mean, I was. We were all tiny, so this wasn't <laughs> yeah. like. You weren't more tiny than anyone else, but I don't know. Weird. Yeah, tiny stuck. Tiny stuck. Carly calls me tiny. She's like, what's up, tiny? Tiny. Hi, tiny. Or, but um, we also do like poopy and that's like true. whatever. Yeah, because that's up. just fun. <laughs> um, when did I, how old were we when we met? 13? Was it 13? I think I was trying to think about this, go back in the, in, the Yeah, records. I know, in the old I recesses. I feel like I was 13 or 14, but I don't remember which. Yeah, so uh, for those that don't know, Carly Casey played Missy Meanie on Ned's Declassified, and uh, you came on second season, Yep. and uh, you have remained one of my longest and closest friends. It's true. It's yeah. really true. I, You are one of my closest. You're like my little comfort blanket human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we check in. We... We, all the life moments all are the there. life moments yep. all the life changes good bad indifferent almost we're 20 away. years now woof yeah. woof i love that for us but also what yeah we started as nuggets. little nuggets <laughs> little nugget <laughs> little babes nuggets. and now i'm semi an adult and you're more of an adult cuz like you've like taken steps to like be an adult you know you have like a husband sure. and like you but know, d- a but but don't and... i don't feel that way though i, know. I still I know, feel kind of 19ish you know yeah, with more too. aches and pains that's kind <laughs> of like where i i heard that in a movie once they were like someone uh, was talking to an older person they were like and in the older guy was like no you you don't really get past 19 to some degree there's always going to be that little part of you that is present and yeah. i feel that way very much that makes sense my mom kind of says that she's like i don't feel old yeah she's like i don't but feel which is in my 60s she's like i still feel like like i'm in college which she's i think like is i just good. look sometimes and i'm like oh god how did why do i look like this <laughs> <laughs> but i think feeling young is is the whole point right yeah i think you better keep that part of you alive that's alive or you're, yeah exactly <laughs> slowly exactly. dying <laughs> yeah, I would hope. I would hope. I, I'm pretty sure I'll stay uh, youthful forever. You do still have a little baby face, but you've got the the beard and the, yeah. all the, yeah. the stuff. The beard, the beard helps people know that I'm not 18, but like on the Ned's pod, a lot of the comments are like, why does Ned look exactly the same, but like he's like strapped on a fake beard? <laughs> What's like the youngest that you'll go out for now, though? Um... <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I feel like tw- twenty. 19. Okay. I feel like I can still get maybe a nineteen twenty audition. Yeah. Not with the beard right now, though. I'd have to shave it off. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm starting to get. I can actually audition for like thirty, which is amazing. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. You, you're gonna enter like dad soon, like Ooh, young can't, dad can't. stage. I've auditioned for young. Have dads. you? I just auditioned for a young dad. This is exciting. <laughs> this is a whole new day. It whole is. new day that I'm not one of the little boys. What's weird is even though I'm pregnant, the like the womanness of it, like thinking of auditioning for like a mom, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I'm too young. 
but I'm pregnant you're literally, right now. I'm literally, yeah, you're literally about to be a but mom. But it's like, but again, the industry is so weird with time and age and all that stuff yeah. that I'm like, it feels like I would be too young to, but I'm not. I'm 32. Yeah. Like, but again, I feel young. Yeah. So. That's what, that's what it's all about. You got to keep yourself feeling young. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So how was, before we talk about you being a mom, um, let's just go back through the, the history. How was your Ned's Declassified experience? Because I've had Daniel on here. I've had Lindsay on here. I'm probably going to get, you know, Coco. Probably going to get Rob on Good here. Thanks, Just got to go through the OGs. The OGs. Um, because... Like in my view, Ned's was a really special experience for all of us. We all Absolutely. met incredible people. We all had this incredible, fun uh, show that we were creating together. Um, we had this beautiful family while we were making it. Um, it's lasted with a fan base. Oh my it's god! Lasted. It's insane. Yeah, which is surprising how long it's kind of stayed through. Um, and I know it's just it. it it's a meaningful part of all of our lives who were on it Absolutely. um even the adults i've caught up with from the show like i caught up with darren recently oh my god uh-huh oh my god and, and even he like like has this time and place that ned's was but here we are all these years later and h- how was your ned's experience i mean special i think you're 100 percent right it was like overall i feel like especially now like hearing all the stories of other people's experiences at our age on Yo, different shows makes me even more grateful. Like yeah. I already was and it already felt special, but truly it's been wild to hear some of these stories. Cause I've had people like outside of the industry be like, did you guys ever, exp-? and I'm like, right. like, no, no. Like, <laughs> like we really didn't. Like, and no. I didn't, re- and I, not that I like took it for granted, but like I really truly, that has been wild to me and heartbreaking to me because I really think Scott and everyone else did everything they could to make that as, authentic and safe a space as possible but I think the hardest part was coming on to a show that already existed and you guys had a shorthand yeah and not only that we were at an age where like it's particularly hard to to like enter into a group of like hormones are raging yeah boys girls like I you you and I hit it off right away Mm -hmm. but I know that was even like a bit of the point of contention a little bit Mm -hmm. but again it was like even then I remember thinking like I get it but what am I gonna do (laughs) like what am I gonna do because I (laughs) it's so and again that was like a blip but I do remember that was a little that's true I kind of forgot that so Carly came on second season um first season not your same role but but the like, archetype of, of your role, role yeah. of the blonde mean girl was played by our friend Spencer, yep. who we both know. Uh, she booked something else, I think. Mm-hmm. And so they they created the new character, Missy Meanie. You came on second season, but we had all, all as a cast already done the first season together. Yeah. We were all really close already. Um, and you're right at that age. Like, yeah, we had shorthand. We were all friends. There were already little little connections well, oh, happening. Of course there and was. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. a pretty new blonde girl, <laughs> came on the scene. And you you actually like vibed with all of us dudes really quickly. Like Which is the story of my life. But <laughs> I again, like now in getting older, I've been able to look back and be like, I can understand why two other young women that could come off a certain way. But it was really more like the tomboy in me exactly. that was like bonding with guys it was certainly not like the yeah, flirt it swooping. wasn't like no. no not at all but at the same time like 
I for so long was like, I just like, I'm just friends with guys. And now I'm like, ew, like I, I can unpack <laughs> that in a way that like, I knew what I meant when in that experience. And I knew yeah. that I just did bond with guys easier. Yeah. But like, it's been womanhood to unpack that and why. And now I have such incredible relationships with women. Exactly. But like, again, when you're 13, 14, yeah. none of that is present. All it is, is like, wow, these girls really don't seem like they like yeah, they're me being here. they're a little cold. Here. They're and a little cold to me. A little cold. <laughs> and when I first started, there was no guarantee of more than like, I think an episode or two. Right. And then it was like, it just you kept going. And, and then Scott yeah. was like, no, like we want you on it. Yeah. So then I remember being like, oh, we really got to figure this out. And yeah. we did. And we absolutely I was going to say, did. eventually it was, everyone was everyone's friend. Like, yeah. I yeah. think it was just like, there was a little bit of a peacock thing going uh -huh. on on everyone's front at first, which uh -huh. I understand. I truly now as an adult fully understand. Exactly. But, but then it was great. I mean, like truly so special that we yeah. were all so close and even and although we were with each other all the friggin' time <laughs> yeah. we were still like hey this weekend we're hanging out exactly. right like so I know. beautiful yeah, and like you know it had it had its like moments because we were we're human and we're all kids but like truly so special and i do credit so much of that to scott fellows though yeah. because i he's one of the people that has like planted so many seeds in my being as a person as an actor as a writer all of it i'm like I know you can set a tone for people in life and on a set. I know that then you go to other sets and you're like, wow, that is not common. That it's is not. not common. And so like, I already was grateful for it, but the older I've gotten, I'm truly that much more grateful for it. Cause I'm like, Same. what an incredible launch pad for life, not just acting exactly. or being in this industry, but life, life, working together, collaborating, creating, being with people, being a leader. Oh my God. Being in a support role. Like all of, I know it, it Scott fellows. I, I cannot sing his praises enough. Like the older I get, the more I'm just like, wow, how that dude led. Like a set now, when I think of him, just I just like so want to cry, like happy cry. <laughs> yeah. But like, I just want to be like, dad. Like yeah. it's like, it's so it's yeah. bizarre, but it's also just like so special. Like he just yeah. and I, I, um, my brother in law actually had worked with him at Disney under oh, a no total, way. yeah, insane. Wow. And I was like, dude, Scott. And he's like, dude, Scott. Like yes. you know what I mean? Yes. It's, it wasn't just our experience. That is who he is. Yes, you know Kendall very well, yes. who I had on, and Kendall and I got to connect on that too. Of like, dude, Scott, right? That's oh, the Jabba -jabba. <laughs> <laughs> or I the tiger. I, I to the this tiger. Day, if I can't stop laughing, I still like in a situation I maybe shouldn't be laughing in. I just hear like Scott's sweet, voice sweet Scott being like, I the tiger, and being like, oh, we gotta get shit. You guys, we got we gotta get it together. Mm -hmm. We gotta get it together. But. Yeah. yeah, it's wild. And that's insane, too, because I've known Kendall even long. Like, I've known yeah. Kendall, I feel like, from the womb, although it wasn't. But, like, damn near. We met in elementary school. Yeah. Our moms were, like, roll enrolling us, and we met in the lobby. And, like, that was even insane that, like, you know, I I've been friends with him the whole time. And then I think, like, being friends with you, then he's, like, I was friends with him. And then our friend group started, like, merging at, like, parties. Yep, 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 yep. And then when Big Time Rush came up, like, I literally remember my dad talking to Scott at one point about Kendall for it. And then all of a sudden it was, like, before you knew it, it was, like, Kendall's working. It it's I, nuts. It's and then beautiful. I got to go do that with them. And I'm, like, Scott's still the best. He's yep. still the best. Yeah. Like, just forever the best. Yeah, we got really blessed to work with and and they're out there in the industry yeah. these these creators who, who just are in it for all the best reasons all the best and understand that it's a massive collaborative process to make a show or a movie 
and that part it's of that miracle. is is <laughs> it's a miracle and it's it's humans it's human connection like you can't treat people like shit we all have to do this difficult amazing fun weird thing together and like he just he's just the greatest the greatest um also on top of scott being the greatest uh the more we've been rewatching Ned's on the podcast and kind of drumming up memories, I I, I also uh, just like give it up to my fucking mom for being the shit as well. Um, Absolutely, she's like reminded me of certain things that like she stood up for for us, um, and I'm like, oh, that was you, and she's like, yeah, they were like weren't gonna give you air conditioning, like she's like, no fucking way, Valerie, like the real MVP, yeah, baby. Yeah, oh, she's that's like amazing. She's like queen, queen mom. She is. She was holding it down in a tough but like real way because yeah. that's also it. If like the lead of the show, especially for a kid show, if the mom is either absent yep. or the other side, which yep. is stage mom, competitive, Holy, yeah. uh, competitive, aggressive, yeah. like that's going to set, my baby getting? <laughs> that's going to set a weird tone for things. But my mom was really there for protection. She's there to watch out for me and in turn all the other kids, yeah. unless, unless your parent was a stage mom, in which case, my mom, you were off the list. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. That's fair. If any parent showed any kind of, huh, yeah, huh, my I... mom was like, like I won't talk, uh, she wouldn't yeah. talk to them. But like, yeah, all of our families were connected at that time because yeah. we are kids on a show, so our parents have to be there while we're filming. So then the parents have to figure out how to get along with really these strangers. Did do, and they did, which was, uh, once again, kind of like, as Jews, us Jews say, Bashar. Like, so fortunate and mm. unlikely, but beautiful that, like, yeah. legitimately, all of our, we all had great parents. Like, yeah. we all really did. And it just, it's just, spe special is the word that just keeps ruminating. I, I, I know, it, it really is. It's a special, weird thing, this, this Ned's journey, that some of us aren't off. <laughs> I'm, I'm still, I've just been reflecting on, like, I'm still, I'm still on. You've like this experience so isn't over it. for me. Yes, yeah, you've thanks. done so much. No, but I mean, like no. outside of, you've done so much with it outside of just like I'm that big mm -hmm. Like you're like you've you've used it as a as a channel to be like of service to other people, which is ultimately the coolest thing you can do with something that you're known for from when you were younger. Yeah. But I yeah. I get it. I yeah. trust me. I like my dad yeah. to this day. No matter how many other things I've done, my dad to this day is like, yeah, I met these cool people. I'm like, dad, did you? He's like, they watch Ned, and I'm like, and I'm I'm so curious how that got brought up, dad, because I'm like, pretty well, certain I brought it up. a random stranger <laughs> didn't go, hey, your daughter that I've never seen her met was she Ned's class. <laughs> but um, there's moments where I'm just like, I I gotta I gotta do something that we get past that imprint. But then again, I'm like, but at the same time, he's always met with like, oh my god, that's it. Like, that's it's always so cool. oh, and I'm sure he loves he loves it. Of course he does. Jim Casey Why do you think loves he's still doing it. it when I'm 32 years old? <laughs> bless his heart. Oh, bless your parents. Um, your parents. Uh, are also like family to me when I see them. And it's so nice uh, to have, have friends, parents that I feel the parent love from. Absolutely. Like any birthday I might, you know, anytime I get to check in with your parents, it's that, it's that thing where I just feel 
taken care of and loved and supported as like a son. <laughs> I love that. They'll, they'll love that. That's, yeah. But again, I'm like, how, yeah. like how fortunate are we that that's oh, the case? Like you and I have like, I feel like beat the odds in so many ways of like how much we have stayed friends and close yeah. through all of this. Yeah. But then also to like have that with family too. Like I was just telling you, your sister and I were texting about like pregnancy and motherhood. And I'm yeah. like, what a beautiful, every time I see your mom again, I'm like, Oh, it's Valerie. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just like, yeah. it's just the warmth of just, I don't have that with everybody. Yeah. And it makes it the older I'm getting, the more I'm just like, I don't want that with everybody. I'm yeah. just grateful true. for who I have that with. True. And like my cup is full. Like it, it's true. Well, you can't, you can't shortcut this amount of time too. So, so the older I get the, the, the friendships that have been around mm -hmm. as long as they have, the just more grateful I get every year because, yeah, I don't want it with everyone. There's only so much capacity for new friendships these days. 100%. And the friends who have really seen me through so many different lives I've lived and yeah. identities yeah. and all the changes, I'm I'm very grateful for the long ones. 100%. And yeah. the long ones, but also the ones that, like, who are still willing to be on the ride with you. Yeah. Because I feel like I was listening to an episode you did with, and I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to mess up her name. Sophie, what was her last oh, name? Oh, Sophie Barron. Oh, yeah. my God. That was so, so I'm going to listen to it, like, ten times because I, I felt like I needed, I, my soul needed to hear it. But I, I literally that. was the freak in my room nodding to no one, <laughs> like a crazy person. <laughs> And like stopping and going back because so much of what you guys were saying, I was like, yes. And even just hearing you guys talk about it, I'm like, God, it it is so refreshing to hear the authenticity of this experience that so many of us are having. But that idea of like, I am very much also recovering from being a people pleaser, like to the depth of my being, like it is clinging. I'm, I'm, I've made progress, but it is clinging. The claws mm -hmm. are in and it's really wild how much that's there, but the more I've been aware of it, the more consciousness I like put around it. I realize like not all friends can can handle still being present in when you start to recover from people pleasing or not mm. even just family, anybody. Like I'm really in an interesting space right now where I'm like, I can't show up the same way that I that I did before because so much of my identity was like I'm the good friend. Because it feels I'll like be there for anything, for anything, any Always hour, anything. baby, you yeah. call me, and I and I meant that, like right. I truly meant there, that, because yeah. it made me feel like this is what I'm here to do. This yeah, is what yeah. da. this is what being a good person, and, a good friend and is. Yeah. Like Scott, over the years, has been like you're depleted, you're exhausted, <laughs> like, and I'm like, but that's just part of being present, so giving, so giving, it's <laughs> such a good person, and. But then, like, over the years, I have gotten better about it. But then this, like, transition into pregnancy has been interesting because I am 25 weeks today and I'm still throwing up every day. Mm. And that affects your life in a way that you can't fathom. Mm. And part of that has been, like, self-preservation of literally being like, what can I do today? Like, mm. I'm growing a nugget. Yeah. But that's happening whether yeah. anything. But, like, also, I have... I have work, I have commitments, I have my partner, I have all these different things that like sometimes I find myself like, oh, I can't give, I can't show up the way that feels so good to me. And 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 then looking at how that affects my friendships has been like a real growth spurt moment. Wow. <laughs> Not I'm, always the most comfortable, but I'm grateful for it. I know what but, you're talking about. When you start to, when you start to change what's been the norm, yeah. especially on the people pleaser side, if 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 people are used to you having yes. almost no boundaries, yes. when you actually start to take back healthy boundaries, 
it can feel like betrayal to some people. That's literally it. And I love mm-hmm. that you said healthy boundaries because that's the other part is the meme, the meme world of talking about boundaries in a way that I'm like, that's not a boundary. That's being a dick. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. you know what I mean? Like so yeah. much is like, I feel like when you dip into like the mental health world, like the real work of doing of, of like expanding your consciousness of, of becoming a better person and, and getting healthier or whatever, none of that can be put into a meme. Like, no. you know, like I see these things around relationships that it's like, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. And I'm like, that's actually so unhealthy. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I've been with Scott for 12 years. If that was the case, hello, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we have such- It's not always a fuck yes. It's not always a fuck yes. And I'm like, it's kind of scary to think that we're like, we're coming up in a time where we're we're saying that like yeah. there's so much nuance there, and I think the same is true for boundaries. Like yeah. boundaries can be fluid; they're not yep. brick walls. No, but they I are think fluid. most people think a boundary is a brick wall, and yeah. energetically it feels like one. Yeah, and so that has been something for me too, where I'm like, for a minute when like boundaries were first introduced to me, I would like use the word a lot, and that was very triggering to people. And I was like, right, duh, Carly. Like no one wants to hear like I need to have a boundary. You know what I mean? Like exactly. because immediately it's like you're like, exactly. well, screw you. So now I'm like, no, 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 that's not healthy either. So it's, it is, it's about finding the healthy boundary yeah. and not just like a, well, I'm just doing me now. Like, no, that's also shitty, but yeah. it's just those little pivots that are really powerful. But also, like you said, can feel like betrayal. Yeah. And if, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. If you're changing a pattern that people are used to, then you all of a sudden, whatever, taking more priority on yourself. Like, yeah. they're going to be like, well, why aren't you fucking? Yeah. A hundred percent. Have you seen the, um. There's like, I think it's going around TikTok. There was like this meme. It, it kind of had to do with boundaries. Like, I think it was, it was some, the, the lady meant well, but. <laughs> they, but They always do, I think. Oh, the lady <laughs> meant well, but she was trying to like give an example of like a healthy way to like <clears throat> take a step back from a friendship. And she just like, the way she shares it is just, I mean, it's just absurd. Like, no, dude, that's not, that's not healthy communication. It was just like you know, like we have had a really good connection, <laughs> but I'm feeling like right now I can't hold, like it's just like yeah. too much to just like take a step back from a friendship. Um, and that's, it was like the word salad uh, meme, <laughs> word salad. trying to make a meme out of um, pulling back yeah. from a friendship. And it's like, you can't exactly meme any of this shit. It's, it's so much messier yes. and more specific than a meme. Every instance with a, it's more specific than always these things. I, I actually get troubled by, we love meme culture because memes hold a nugget of truth yep. that we resonate yep. with and we go, yep. oh, that's life or that's funny. That's a funny aspect of life. That's a funny aspect of the truth. But I, I have noticed I think way too many complicated matters are um, memes are created around them and then people are actually like dis- misplacing the meme for truth. Abs- or you see what you want to see in the meme. In, sure. You know what I mean? It's yeah, kind sure. of like 
I'm not going to do astrology as a whole because there's certain things about it where I'm like, that is spot yeah. on. Yeah, for sure. But like there, I had a minute where I would like see my horoscope every week and it was like, is it the chicken or the egg? Because if you're telling me I'm going to have a challenging week and then I do, was I really gonna? Or is it because, you know what I you mean? Were like you were prepped to have the challenging 100%. week. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, that's not like a statement on astrology as a whole, but yeah. like just that idea yes. of you kind of take something. Well, it's true. And if you start to see things in the meme yes. lens... You're just going to see the memes out in the world, 100%. but but that's just like, memes are so simple. They're simplified life. And relationships life. are quite literally the most complex, beautiful thing that we could possibly do, but like, it it is the antithesis of a meme. Yeah, Truly. so so knowing you were going to come on, like it's, it's in some ways strange having you on, even though it's not, but in terms of like we're like real friends who have conversations all the time. So I was like, I was like, what do I want to talk about with Carly on a podcast? Um, even though we can go anywhere. But one of the things that's sort of what I wanted to ask is you've been in a 12 year relationship, marriage now, baby on the yep. way. Um, I do think relationships get memeified, memeified, commodified, kind of painted in these broad strokes. But I have found Man, they are so specific. They are so nuanced. Every relationship, like we put too many conventions on them when really they are really personal and different. And it's hard to give blanket statements about relationships. I don't think it works. However, you have enough experience in one that's uh, progressing and relatively healthy. So... um, (laughs) Got any words of wisdom on relationships, Carly? <laughs> well, I will say I do think like it's so it's also so funny to like be on the other side of like you've been in such a long-term relationship because growing up I was always the single one. Like I was, you know what I mean? Like yeah. and I was always like I just don't know. Like maybe I'm just going to be single. I'm going to be that girl and then it like turned into like commitment issues where like if a guy was too nice I was like bye. Like so I had to over I really did have to like overcome some shit because my defense mechanism when I was younger was like well, if they don't like me, then I'm going to ba- – or, like, if they don't want to be with me, then I'm going to bounce first. Like, that was fully the way I presented, and that had to go out the window when I started dating my husband. Um, but that's what's so funny <laughs> You tried, though. You tried it, with oh, him, too. <laughs> for sure. Duh. Duh. I literally, like – it's <laughs> – It's, it's truly one of those things where it's like, I I hate to say this as a whole, because again, like this, I don't want to be the meme or the the blanket statement, but I do think in a healthy way, if something is meant for you, you can't mess it up. But I mean that in a healthy way. Like Mm. Mm. if there's toxic crap going on, like, no, you're good. It's not meant for you. It's not meant for you. But what I mean by that is like, Scott and I both had our own shit coming to the table. Like everybody does. And something about where I was at in my life and where he was at, like there was just a willingness on both of our sides to be like, yeah, like we're going to stick around longer than maybe we would have with the last one. And I think what was so interesting about meeting Scott is like, I had a lot of like friend situations where it was a lot of like, you know, like the friend you like hook up with, but you're like, Oh, we're not like together. Like that felt safe to me. That was like my safety place before I met Scott. And but it was also a lot of like lying to myself about like, this is all I need. Like, no, it's not, but whatever. (laughs) But when I met him again, I was a person, even at that time in my life, I was like, he loves to say I was 19, but I was like weeks from 20. So I I always was like, I'm almost 20. So like, that's what he loves. He's like, you were 19. I'm like, whatever point being (laughs) young, but old enough to, especially having been in this industry, like experience the world. I wasn't like a 19. That was just like, I only lived in, exactly. And so, and he's a couple years older than me, but like when I literally, when I met him, 
I was like at a party where I knew everybody and my grandpa had just passed. I was in like a really vulnerable place and I was like getting ready to leave the party and this freaking dude walks in and it was truly one of the first times in my life I felt an energy that I was like, whoa, what is that? Like, who is that and what is that? And I do think that that helped me stick around weirdly in a way because although I was physically attracted to him, that was not the initial, the initial thing was an energy pull of like, mm. I want to be around this person mm. so much so that I went home that night and I was like, is he hot? Like, I don't even know if he's hot because I was so drawn to like the energy of who he was. And that was such a game changer for me because mm. I used to focus so much on like, just like the phys am I physically yeah. attracted to them? All yeah. that stuff. And I don't think the industry helps when you're, you're growing up in an industry that's obsessed with appearance. Yeah. But like, then and and then I thank God ended up being so physically attracted to him. But I truly that was not my first memory. It was like yeah, it was just this other thing. And I think that other thing is is a connection outside of just one thing. It's it's energetic. And yeah. I think for him and I, like we've we have been through some serious life shit yeah. together. Like a lot of loss, a lot of things. And we've both just had a willingness and an energy that exists between us that if it gets too real, if 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 we're arguing and we're really hitting a freaking wall, it's like a little switch goes off in both of us that's like, I want to be here though. I still want to be mm. here. So what do we need to do? Because I think I'm right. You think you're right. But like at the end of the day, I want to be here. I'm mm. still choosing this. So what do we need to do to bridge this gap? Mm. That has been the thing that I didn't know it could exist yeah. and has, I truly think is like the main, and we have such a mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Like he, I'm, I'm so in awe of his talent, of who he is, of his drive, his passion. He's just, I, I'm so inspired by him. Yeah. That helps it. That goes out the window though. When I'm annoyed with him, I'm like, whatever, you're just the person <laughs> you're I'm annoyed. But again, there is just a switch we have. Fuck with your talent. <laughs> A lot of people are talented, bro. <laughs> Hello. But that's what I mean is like there we both we've talked about this before. We're like, what is it? And we're like, no, there's just something that goes off in both of us. Yeah. And look, sometimes that means we need to go in other rooms sure. and like chill the fuck out. Sure, but, but it, but it's that acceptance that you both want to be there and recognizing that getting over your whatever is driving the, the friction. There's no, uh, there's not an abandonment there. There's, I always know no matter how bad it, how bad it gets, like he's there and yeah. same, same. And sometimes he'll be the first one to bridge the gap or I will. But like once someone's in, initiated it, the other's always right there. Yeah. And I think that's important. You can't be in a relationship where one person's always saving you. You know no. what I mean? Like. You, it has to no, be a both people have to come One, to the table and and that's where like, again you see a lot of the like if he wanted to he would and that a lot of times is referencing huge gestures and i'm like yeah huge gestures are cool but like what's your day-to-day -day like you know yeah. what i mean like yeah how is he showing up when you're going through some shit you know what yeah. i mean yeah so it's like i don't know i don't know if any of that no no all sense. that all that tracks Huge, huge gestures are another meme of relationships that have been memefied by by media that like I think uh, people put way too much stock in in their relationships. Well, he was a piece of shit for five months, but then he did that really sweet dinner and he bought me flowers. And you're like, that is and the easiest like, thing in the e world. Easy. What's not easy is looking at a person that you love, but feeling so right. Like, cause yeah. again, we all have that. Like, Lord knows yeah. I am still in relationship to the part of me that is like, I am right though. Mm -hmm. like, but like, and I will say like meditation has given me truly the gift of split. Mm -hmm. I am never not split. Like I truly. The part of your awareness that knows oh everything is. Oh my God. Is... And it is such a blessing. Yeah. But oh my God. I yeah. have moments where I'm like, I just want to be 
a butthole right now and I don't want the consciousness of something else to come. I just want to be a turd. Let me be a turd. Yeah. And sometimes I am. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I am. But I'm sure. the aw- <laughs> I set that up for you. Um, from one turd to another. Um, no, but like, you, and we've talked about meditation a ton, but like yeah. truly that the gift of that has changed my life in the sense that like I, I can feel really strongly, but I can never fully let go of the fact that I have an awareness that someone else that I love and respect is having a different experience. Yeah. And they're, my pain story is going to be the loudest to me. His pain story is going to be the loudest to him. And do I need to have the most painful story in this moment? Do mm. I, is that really what I need or do I want connection? Do I want to come back together? Do I want mm. that has been a game changer for me of just being like, why do I need to be the one most in pain right now? Because a mm. lot of times it does feel like that's what it is. Yeah, it's like you're not hearing upset. my pain. You're not hearing my 100%. pain. Well, my pain's more important. 100%. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's a uh, there's a guy on Instagram. I think his thing is James Fishgill or something like that. I think he calls himself like a heart coach or something, which normally I'd be like, oh boy. But truly this man is has tapped into something with relationships of all kinds. And he literally, one of the things he says is like, what's the pain? What's the longing? Or like, what's, mm. and and I have had moments with Scott where like, we're not seeing eye to eye. And I'll literally be like, okay, let's take all this surf. This isn't about dinner. This is yeah, yeah. whatever. Like, what is, what is your pain? And sometimes I'll literally be like, what is your pain right now? And I remember we had this once and he was like, I feel like right now, I feel like you don't like me. And I mm. literally, my whole, like, mm. my whole body just went into, like, soft little, like, yeah, you what? Went, oh, no. Conflict I love you. gone, done. Yeah. It was literally one of those things where I was like, we had gotten so worked up. And then to hear him say that, I didn't consider for two seconds that he that's what he was combating, that, that his yeah. anger was coming from, like, I feel like you don't like me. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, so that has also been a game changer of being willing to ask the questions that hold me accountable. Yeah. Two. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and accountable to the right thing, which is absolutely. How are you feeling? Because what are you hurting about? Exactly. Exactly. Like, I love you. I'm your partner. And I, so what are you I hurting guess, about? Like, I wish that there was more conversation around that because it's really beautiful. It's it it and it's like it's a game changer. It's a shape. No, shifter. it's really beautiful because um you know things build up in relationships, resentments build up, and then all of a sudden they're coming out about the thing that it's not about. All of a sudden you're fighting about the fucking dishes and it's not about the dishes. It's about something deeper I don't feel and seen. something yeah. real, but it's deeper and it's not coming out as that deeper thing. So then you're fighting about the wrong thing. Um, so I think that's really beautiful. Uh, and I think people can take that away is, is if you're in one of those places with someone is, can you both be real and get down to the real question, which is what's your pain? Ooh, that's like, nice. What's the pain? What's the yeah, longing? What's the pain? What are you looking for? Because, yeah. But again, there are moments where that feels like the hardest thing you could. It's like you're like, it's just words. But when you are in that like fight or flight or you're in that like I have to protect me mode, that's the last thing you want to say or do. Yeah. But it's like if you can just do it, it's literally incredible how much the energy completely changes. Yeah. The the ego will drop and you'll get into. Because the ego can't combat like vulnerability like that yeah. you know what I mean like I'm like how can I look at you and be mad when you're like I feel like you don't like me right now I'm like right. are you I love you I love you <laughs> conflict yeah. gone yeah. you know so that's yeah. so it's so interesting baby let me take care of you <laughs> yeah so it's like I feel like there's there's all of these things mm. and obviously like um we both do what we can to stay like attractive to each other and I don't just mean that even mm. physically that physically of course, of course. is always part of it but again like my body's completely changing right now and there's a vulnerability around that. But it's like what him and I have is so much deeper that like he, it, it, 
but that's been years of building on that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That like, what I mean by saying like attractive to each other is like, what are you doing to feed yourself outside of just us? Do you know what I mean? Like that's always, cause that's the other thing is a lot of times couples, the longer they're together, they become the same person. Yeah. Well, you look in at each other to solve all the, th you look into the partnership yep. for all of the support, all the feedback, all the nurturing, everything is in rather than what are you doing outside of this to fill your 100%. cup, right? Like and, what are you doing this that, to feel fulfilled? An, what initially attracts you to someone is often your differences. Their to some individuality. Degree. Their individuality. Yes. And I don't and mean like, like, and like the life they're living. You're like, Ooh, yes. they're cool. Like look oh my at their God. friends and like, that's cool. They do what? Oh, like, when I first went to God's house, he had like all these books on Buddhism, and I was like, oh, <laughs> ah, ha, ha. like, like, but so it's like just, but again, just representing like you're on your own path, like yeah. you are on a path that is like whatever. But I do think like what initially the individuality, the things, the differences that attracts two people, the more you're with someone, the more you want to agree on everything. Mm -hmm. But the agreement of everything starts to make two people turn kind of into the, the same, same thing, person, which even is if it's not, not authentic it, and it's not attractive. And also it's not authentic. Like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we can share a lot of views, but at the same time, like I like knowing that you and I have differences. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's there. And I think over the years, it's like a lot of people lose friends. It's like they, yeah. it becomes this like amoeba. Yeah. And then, and then they, you look around and you're like, what happened? And it's like, you stopped feeding you yeah, and you just fed the relationship and it really is a dance. It's yeah. both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you could also go the other way and put so much into yourself that you've completely ne neglected the relationship. Sure. And then no, you're screwed a too. But like really that balance of like making sure we have our own things going on, but yeah. also that we're doing things together as well. Yeah. I see more people than not, of course it can go the other way, but I see more relationships than not in that issue, in the issue of becoming too yeah. intertwined, too too much us, not enough the individual selves. And it's so um, easy to do because I think we're creatures of comfort. Like we, oh, want, yeah. we want to just. And a relationship becomes comfortable. You just want to fucking just puddle into each other and just like, this is my puddle play. <laughs> And, and it but then you're like, why? But then you're like, why aren't we attracted to each other? Why is there no spice in our relationship? As your two blobs, you know. Well, and the pandemic didn't help. Oh, a lot definitely of not. People. Well, I think the pandemic did help a lot. Actually, of people fair, fair. Because if you made it through with your partner, yeah, awesome. True. You learned that you guys can, you guys rip. Okay, <laughs> you rip. Uh, if you didn't make it through, the pandemic forced you to look at your relationship in That's a way that true. you were not. Yeah. Yep. I know. I know some friends who didn't make it. They didn't make it through the pandemic. And I know some friends who did. Yeah. Not yeah. only did, with a baby with on the baby. way. <laughs> but it was not a pandemic baby. No, it was later than but that. But still, it's fair. But still. It still resulted in that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys stayed good. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Um, I'm so excited that you're pregnant, Carly. <laughs> I really, I really am. I when we told you it was funny. We did it in a Scott did it in a stupid way. We're not getting it, and it was really funny. He was he was wearing a shirt that said. All right, so I I go so I'm friends with with Carly's husband Scott. Um, I love Scott. Uh, I'm so glad that's who Carly fell in love with because like best. I love him. <laughs> I love him. I want him around. Um, but Scott and I go are Eagles. both uh, go Eagles, go Birds. Uh, <laughs> Scott and I are both uh, big uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans, and so we get together and watch the game sometimes. So I hadn't seen them in a while, 
Uh, I go over to watch a playoff game like this was a couple months ago. And Scott's wearing this fucking shirt that says. It said Saturdays are for the dads. Says Saturdays are for the dads. Okay. And it was a cool shirt. So it wasn't like an ugly shirt that had an off, like a no, very clear No, it was just a cool yeah. shirt with like just this little <laughs> logo over the, the breast. Uh, Saturdays are for the dads. And, and he said. Scott was trying to be slick, but it was really, I just didn't understand. It was the opposite he, of slick. He, he ended up having his breast in your face. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He was like, he was like, I'm, I had to wear like my lucky shirt today. And then he like showed off this Saturdays are for the dads. And I read it and I was like, oh, cool. And then I kept watching the game and he's like, did Do you, you like see it? my shirt? And I saw it. Because I looked at it and I said, yeah, yeah Scott, cool. cool. And I kept watching the game and he, and he kept he, getting was, closer yeah. and showing me this little thing. And I'm just like, yeah, Scott, I get it. Like you're being funny. You're calling yourself like a dad because you're in your fucking thirties. Like, ha ha, bud. Like, I just like, and he kept looking at me in this fucking weird way. I think it took way, me and I was like so rubbing confused. my belly weirdly. No, which and didn't Carly, help. Carly, you were like finishing up some nachos in the kitchen or something. And I feel like you heard that it wasn't going well. And you just come in the room and you go, Devin, and you lifted up your, your, your shirt and showed Sounds me that right. your, your stomach was pregnant. And I was like, Oh, 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 there you go. That makes sense now. Not your dumb shirt, Scott. I don't yeah. understand what this means. Not an actor. He's not an actor. No, it was so, he was so, his dumb little face was yep. so proud of yep. the shirt and that I should understand what he was telling to me. I did not. Thanks for revealing it. Uh, Beautiful moment in my life, truly, to know that you guys are pregnant. It's it's so it's so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. I'm so happy for the world. I really that's, am. Oh, I'm happy sweet. for my life. I'm happy for the world. Like, it's crazy getting to the age where the people I know and love are having babies. I'm nowhere close, unless it's an oopsie baby, which I've talked about. The only way I'm having a baby anytime soon is oopsie. <laughs> um, so let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are ways to prevent oopsie, which we are practicing, right, Devin? Yeah. Yes. Because yep. we're adults. Some of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> some of the time. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my sister just had a baby and my sister is one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, and the I'm, I'm so fucking stoked. And then finding out that you and Scott are pregnant and are going to have a sweet little nugget this year. Like it just brings me so much joy. I know. It's. You're, it, we were so excited to tell you because we kind of waited a while to tell anyone. And then we were like, we just want to tell our friends in person. I love that, by the way. You didn't. Yeah. Carly and Scott, like before they did the post that yeah. let everyone know, you guys took months and only oh gosh, told yeah. individual people in person. I felt so glad that you guys like told me in a moment with just me so I could really like not just see about it, yeah. but like actually experience this knowledge with you guys and like this moment in real life yeah like, well that's, as friends well hugging each yeah, other it's good and, and i feel like too i mean we you and i have talked about social media six thousand times in our, in our <laughs> yeah, lives yeah. um there's so much to unpack there but i will say like it's it was interesting because even when i was going to tell scott when i first found out I had this moment of like, do I want to like low key record it? Like for, again, not even to put anywhere, but right, just like but for me, like to have. 
And because I, Lord knows, I have watched a thousand TikToks and cried like a baby when there's these really cute, like, surprise. Oh, oh my God, it's the out. best. It's the yeah. best. So and I have zero. Of course, Scott was going to take it wonderfully. Of He's going to go, oh my oh, God. Yeah, right. But at the same time, it was like, so there's no judgment around it because I love, I love watching that. But again, I think having grown up an actor, all these different things, the camera has a different, I have a different awareness for a situation when I know that a camera's around. Yep. Like, that's just Always. the truth. Even if I'm going to not put it anywhere, but I know that's just the case. So I remember like the morning, because I found out early, I found out before I even had like missed a period. And so I, he wasn't expecting it or any of it. And I remember I like was just like sat with it for a little while. And then I like put my phone somewhere to be like, oh, could I hide it here? And everything in my body was like, no, like, no, we're not doing, this is just going to be for him and I, and we're going to remember it forever. That's it. I yeah. it, immediately, the presence of a camera for yep. myself made me go like, Bleh. like, I, yep. I don't want, I'm going to feel, I'm going to experience this moment different. Yep. And I want to experience this just pure raw yeah. emotion. And so that's what we did. And I'm so glad that's what we did. But that moment made me go, oh, we're telling our close friends in person, even if that means we're telling them late. Like, because yeah. again, like I, I knew I, I didn't even really want to announce it. But then I was like, I have to at some point, because again, with the throw up and the vomit, it's affected my life in a way where like I don't do as much as I thought I would be doing pregnant because it's just like, yeah, I'm puking a lot. So <laughs> I got to a point where like, I think people, I, like I started having like certain friends that were like, oh, okay, like you still can't. And I was like, I need to, I need to uh, like I have this to be tell. out yeah, there yeah, yeah. and not, yeah. ha- I don't have to tell everyone I know in person. Yeah. But like our close friends, it was like, oh no, this is the way to do it. This is the way it. to it do it. It was so special and real. It, yeah. Cause I'm like, that's a memory we'll always have now. Yeah. You know, we don't need it on video to remember it. Yeah, like we no, really got I, to have I, that moment that's with That's a real memory now was finding that out in per Like, it, it, yeah, it's not just like another piece of information I'm consuming on social media, even when it's with a loved one, it's just put in this place of just another thing I'm scrolling through that's making me feel things, but then I'm on to the next. 100%. And also part of it too was like, we didn't tell everyone in person, but we really made sure our closest friends we did because we're like, this is like a village to some degree. This is a community. And like, we care very much around about who our child will be around and be raised with and all of that stuff that like, it felt like the least we could do to start that. You know what I mean? Like to be like, Hey, let's have this moment of connection because you're important and we want you there and all of that. So it was very special. And you're a cute little, you were like, you said something like, you were like, you looked at me and you were like, I just want you to know, like, I'm going to be here. And I was, it's like, I could cry. Like, it was the sweetest thing because I knew that. But, like, hearing you say it, I was just like, oh. <laughs> like, thank yeah. God. Like, how cool that, yeah. like, how cool that word. Yeah. I mean, it's like the way I feel love from your family, the way I feel love from your parents, like your kid and eventual kids maybe will know me as that. Like, yep. I'm around and I am in loving support of your fucking family, yeah. you know, and your existence. And whether you see me every couple months or whatever, like, when I'm around, I love you. Like, <laughs> I love you. I'm going to love your fucking little nugget boy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I'm going to wrestle him. Oh, my. <laughs> well. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Um, And... I feel like that's a great thing about um, that step of adulthood, becoming a mother, is if you were a people pleaser before, you ain't going to have any capacity for it. Already (laughs) pregnant, it's changing you. I just visited my sister with her four-week-old. Like, 
there's no capacity for anything except that baby for a little while. So <laughs> and I, I there's will no people pleasing. No, and I will say like I'm I'm actually really grateful for it because I'm like I was already on a path like every time we lost a family member, like we had like a consecutive like I don't know, like 10 or 15 years where we would lose like a grandparent and then my aunt. It was really wild that like I've walked with grief for so long that even like being open to the joy of a baby felt Mm. um, terrifying because it was like every day it was like, this is going to end up not going the right way. Like that's Mm. so deeply wired there. But there's also like a gift in that too. It's a balancing act. But every loss that we experienced I had to start taking better care of myself and and like, it would be like a 5%. Okay. I can't people please 5% like less. Mm. You know what I mean? It was like, it was a process of coming back to myself, but this has been the wrecking ball of like, well, whether you want to or not, it's not a choice anymore. Like you quite literally, your body needs you to be in tune with yourself first. Mm. And that means you're not going to be on your phone as much. You're not going to be as available and so this, it literally, and I'm, it's, it's a blessing. It's truly a blessing, but yeah. of course it comes with feelings. Cause I so like to be validated in my, in my need to be, the, cause I really like, yeah. and I know you're the exact same way, like being of service oh, in any way is literally like the saving grace of my life. Like yeah. my mental health gives me purpose. All of oh, it. Give yeah. Me something to show up for. Great. It's and, and, and especially too, like with work, like with blank page that I've been doing, like uh, to me, I'm like, it doesn't feel like work. Like getting yeah. to talk about something I love yeah. and being of service to someone's story or something like that. I'm like, it, I, my sessions always go over. Cause I'm just like, like, it's gotta be like, was that like three hours? And I'm like, yeah, but like, it's, it's literally, I'm like, it's life force energy, not yeah. for that person for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I so do. it's like, now I'm going to be of service to a baby who yeah. literally needs me, Yeah. which is slightly intimidating, but also like, what a gift. Yeah. Like, and the preparation of being like, I'm sharing everything with you. <laughs> like yeah. my whole, and the other thing I keep thinking is like, how often do you, well, other, never other than when you have a baby, but like the, the true epiphany of like, you are of my body, but you are not me. Yeah. When you come out, you are not me. Like yeah. you are your own entity. I'm not doing this for you to be another me, yeah. but for nine months, we're sharing all my shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's something so divine about that, but yeah. also wild. Like, yeah. it's mainly beautiful with the side of, like, also then so often I'm checking in, like, what do I need? Because so much of my brain has been like, well, what's good for the baby? What are and, and then there's times where Scott's like, okay, but what do you need right now? Like, yeah. do you need, like, different things? And because I'll get, like, really bad migraines from all the throwing up. Like, it's all these things. Mm. And, you know, we have no... We have no healthcare system that supports women through this. Mm. And I already knew that. But again, when you're living it, it's like a whole, whole other thing yeah. that like I've quite literally needed to get massages because I can't take yeah, drugs yeah. that help with migraines. Yeah, And so like, but how much I've even noticed that part of myself, that's like, well, that's a luxury. And Scott's like, it's not a luxury. Like you it's, literally need a massage. Like you right. literally need to move your muscles or else like you can't get through the day. Right. So that's, so I'm grateful because I feel like there's so many gifts in being of service to this little nugget that I'm learning for me of being like taking care of myself is not luxury when, you know what I mean? It's essential. It's essential. But I do think as women, it's a weird walk. It's like, it's for everybody. It's a weird walk. But as a woman, it's really, because I feel like a lot of times when we talk about self-care, it's like your nails and there's a was sometimes getting my nails done is truly self-care. Yeah. But then when it comes to something like this, it's like, we don't, there's not a lot of talk around it. You know what I mean? Like, or it's just, I don't know, it's bizarre. It's an interesting space. Yeah. Well, I'm like, what's better? Like, 
you'll know moving forward, I'm sure, as as your kids growing up too, is like, I, I know for me, I would want to be showing up as best I can like a taken care of person yeah. for my child 100%. to see. Like, I have to prioritize myself in some ways so that my kid sees a... a one a person who cares for themselves, you know, like, and and that has been, to be honest, part of the reason Scott and I waited so long was because I've been career minded since I was a child, and I yeah. like that about myself. That's yeah. the thing is, like Scott and I would talk about, it, I'm like, no, no, I love that about myself. Yeah. Like, I love that I've been working since I was a child. Yeah, professionalism, all these things, like they matter to me. They're they're values to me. Yeah, that I always felt like it would be like, well, once once you're this, then you can't be that. Yeah, and it took years of conversations between him and I, but then also just like my own understanding of like, no, actually I want to be a mother that still has dreams and goals and is taking care of myself because I don't want that to be transferred to him where he feels like he has to be doing all of that for me. Right. I know how often that happens with the best intentions. Do you know what I mean? Like I always believe that mothers have good intentions for these things, whether it ends up, you know, toxic or whatever happens. But like that has been a conversation Scott and I have all the time because I'm like, you love to travel. So much of your job is traveling and you should, you, you are going to keep doing that. You're going to need to stick around for a little bit so we can get this baby, you know, like alive and going. But the idea of like your values are still your values and like still be what and who you are. Exactly. Let's share them. Also not impose them, you know, like all of that. So (laughs) it's like, you will film this baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's beautiful. I can't wait to see and meet your kid. It's going to be a me lovely too. thing. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Who are you, little man? Who are you who's making mommy throw up every day? Yeah, damn. But um, now he's kicking, which is cool. And so you're still actively pursuing uh, your dreams and passions, one of them which is screenwriting, yes. which is fantastic. I have also kind of fallen in love with that over the years and love and you're geeking out it about too. it. Thanks. I love geeking out about it oh, and just like nerding out about story and talking about it. Carly um, started a uh, screenwriting coaching business. Yeah, it was like, like coaching and consulting. Yeah. yeah, coaching and consulting on story, screenwriting, finishing scripts, uh, all of that because it's actually uh, <laughs> a difficult process that a lot of people need support through. Everyone needs support through. Well, I started it because I for years couldn't. That I was yeah. like, there's not, this isn't built in. Yeah. How did that evolve? It's... The origin of it was like, I was felt very fortunate as an actor to like do a lot of the stuff I wanted to do. But then it got to a point where I was like, so much of what I was auditioning for, I was like, Bleh. like, yeah. I want to, I want to be part of more of an expression of this. And I had an acting coach at the time that was just like, Hey, like if you want someone to keep you accountable, cause that was always it. I had a, I had so many like a third written script, yeah. you know, the best intentions, man. Yeah. But I could never finish it. And he yeah. was literally like, why don't like, you know, why don't like, I'll, I'll be your consistency. So for a few months, every like two weeks, we would meet up and it would just, we we didn't even, I don't even know that we talked story that much, a little bit. And I don't even know, it, but it was literally knowing I have a person that that's going to ask. That's going to ask. Right? How I much? Need to have you, pages, yeah, you whatever. That it yeah. was so simple, but it completely changed the game for no, me. No, it makes sense. I never needed again after. But that's yeah. the other thing is I always say to people, I'm like, I'm not meant to do this with you all the time, yeah, like gonna, unless you really want that. Right. But like. Part of the lesson of it is once you do this once and you see you can complete something, Go you do typically it. don't really need someone to help you do it again. Mm. But that was such a game changer for me. And and so it wasn't an issue for me again. And then the more I continued doing my own screenwriting, I was so enamored with talking about story. I was just like, I love talking about story and what makes something great and yeah, what makes something not same. hit or whatever. 
And I had so many peers that would be like, would send me a script and like want notes. It just kind of happened like very naturally. Mm. And then after years of that, it got to a point where I was like, well, what would be like my niche? And I'm like, it would definitely be like helping people finish their scripts because I, there's not a lot out there and it's, it's a game changer. It absolutely is. But then also doing consults with people on their scripts where it's like so often like the coverage you buy, you spend so much money. Yeah. People get pardon my French dog shit notes where it's literally like main character unlikable. Okay, Susan, what do I do with that? That's not an actual note. Like I can't do, right. I I can't do anything with it. And I, and I, for me like was like, no, like what helps people is when you can talk through notes. Yes. Let's have conversation. Let me ask you questions instead of making assumptions. Let me, let's dig into why this maybe didn't resonate for me, but it resonates for you. Or a lot of times with writers, I notice that it's like, it's, they, they are on draft, you know, if they come, to me for a consultation they're on draft six seven whatever the story is so embedded in their head that they're not aware of what's missing on the page Mm. because they're imposing they know it it, but they're imposing things that aren't always on the page onto the page and then as the reader i'm like oh no that's not here do you know what i mean and so you haven't shown this part of you and they're like oh i see and i'm like totally you see i get it because again as a screener i'm like i get it the closer i am to a story the almost the worse i start to get at being like good at what works, what doesn't, whatever. Yeah. So it's just a, it, it just turned into that. And then it's really been beautiful. Like I, I've been able to work with the cool writers are generally pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. And they're all so passionate and they all feel this. They're all like suffering the same ego BS we all do, which is like, I just don't think I'm good enough or I just, if, if I'm struggling to write, then, then I have to, and it's like, no, it's all, it's, it's all, it's so much. The thing that I always get the most passionate about, the two things are one, read your dialogue out loud. Yes. That is like my biggest note. I'm like, it's free, baby. Take it, do it. It's how often you'll read a script and you're like, this dialogue was not read out loud. Yeah. Actually say it. But as actors, we know that, right? So that's why, that's why I went into screenwriting being like, well, my dialogue is going to rock because I know what it's like to have an audition and be like, this dialogue is foreign this is like what an alien would say as a person and that's not the role the role is high schooler or whatever so that is one thing I always focus on people with dialogue is like just say it out loud but also just like stop waiting for flow stop waiting for for this overwhelming Uh, orgasmic moment to hit you where sometimes that happens and lord knows I've had those best feeling ever yeah but writing is truly a muscle yeah and I've had the privilege of working with some people over and over again and seeing their last script to their next one, I'm like brought to tears. I'm like, oh my God, this is already so much better out the gate because you're doing this every day or you're doing it every week. Do you know what I mean? And so, so much of it has just been like, it's just been really beautiful to be of service to that. And also I learned so much as I'm continuing to do this, but it's just such a cool thing, but it's I such a, it. It, and it's hard though. Like it's so there's hard. Such a, writing is so hard. Like every any, day <laughs> you try and write is like climbing up a goddamn mountain. Every day yeah. the mountain is the same size. It's never getting smaller Yeah, because it's like the mountain of the actual pages you need to write, but also it's the mountain internally yeah. of I need to write. Yep. It's why yours is called blank page coaching but when the blank page is in front of you every day that blank page is a mountain doesn't matter if you're on page 99 or page one i i watched um aaron sorkin's masterclass and i was comforted by the fact that he said um like like 80 percent of 85 percent of like his writing you know if he's writing a script for two years he's like 85 percent of that time is like pacing around stressed feeling like i can't do it yep but with with it in front of him you Mm -hmm. know 
showing up to it, but feeling like a total piece. And this is the greatest. Yeah. This is one of the greatest screenwriters yeah. ever. He continues to put out yeah. perfection after perfect, like perfect yeah. script. So hearing that, because I feel that often, but hearing that Aaron Sorkin experiences that, I was like. Oh, so this is just writing. <laughs> Got it. One hundred percent. This like yeah. internal battle with yourself to just start filling out the page and make it make sense and let it be imperfect. Um, and not comparing. It's, it's brutal. And not comparing brutal. your first draft to Aaron Sorkin's final draft. That's the yeah. other thing is that yeah, there there is no better education for screenwriting than reading other scripts. Just in the sense that it's like it's a masterclass, yeah. right? And it's free, baby. It's free. <laughs> I'm all about the free. But at the same time, like. So often people are comparing their first draft that yeah. no one's meant to see. Yeah. Nobody is meant final to see it. To a final film version. Which, by the way, you're like, so much has changed even there. Exactly. But I, it's interesting how I think we all like know that. And yet I'll even at times where I'm yeah. like, I find this pressure to be like, well, <laughs> this first draft needs to slap. And it's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it really actually doesn't. Because the first draft is me figuring out what the story even is. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, ha- most of it's discovery. 100%. It should be long. It should be long-winded. The yeah. t- character should be talking too much. All of that stuff. And so it's, it's so fun. And I love it so much because... I feel like it all feeds itself. Like selfishly, I feel like I get to be a better writer because I'm talking about story all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. But then I also, it's so, it feels so good to to be able to provide something for a fellow writer that makes their job of writing a little bit easier. Yeah, helps them get through. Or a through. little more fun. Yeah. And specifically like with, I call it like script therapy, the consultations I do, because that's what it is. It yeah. literally, I was talking to my best friend, Danny, who's a therapist. She's like, no, that is like, you are actually doing a form of therapy. Yeah. Um, which I like, I love, but it, it, the conversation is what makes, I see it change in people's eyes. There's no more defense. There's no like, well, you don't get, you know what I mean? It's like, that's where it really gets in and we get to have fun and see like what this story is really about or like what, you know, and I, sometimes I say like, I wish people had to like pass a test to give notes to other people because a lot of times I'll have clients who will come to me and they're like, yeah, like so-and-so said I should do this, this, and this. And I'm like, what? I'm so glad you didn't listen to that. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think it's just like having an attunement to like, I think there's also like a business mindset around screenwriting, which is part of screenwriting, but you cannot, go into writing being with like just with business, just that because no. you'll smell it immediately and it's yeah. like no yeah no thanks you have to love story to write yeah and you have to love your story 100 you know you gotta absolutely be into it. it's got to be, be for you it. first and foremost mm-hmm. like truly and not like yeah. well this is what's hip cool. right now no you're already behind the trend then anyway if that's the case you yeah, know exactly so it's like it's the best though i love it i really really love it's it it's so cool you're doing it i'm i love it and i love i love seeing like a lot of us kid actors started in in the same place, which is being kid actors in L.A., pursuing whatever the fuck. And I just love seeing over these years where everyone's passions land and rise and fall. And some people stay obsessed with the acting. Some people leave it entirely. Yeah. Like you getting into story, some go into filmmaking, right? Like it's all – I just love seeing how this thing continues to unfold in and, all of us. And I also think too because I know like we've talked so much about like – and you were said like with Ned's and like how it hasn't left you and all these different things. But like Scott and I talk about this a lot too is like there is such beauty and grace in the pivot. In in yeah. the things didn't go the way that I thought and so now I'm going to pivot. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it does mean you're doing a job that you don't love for a little while. But when it – when you allow it to not mean failure and you actually allow it to mean this is just another part of my purpose or mm. 
whatever, it's actually the coolest thing ever. I'm like, how, like, I don't mean this like in a dickish way, but like how boring to think that you have to do one thing forever. It's so cool to find different ways to do things. And I feel like for me, like before blank page, it was like, I did a web series. I was like, I'm, cause I was like, I want to know, like one of the people who truly ch changed my life was Bill Lawrence. I did a pilot for him. God, he's so good. He is the best. Like that, he man. is the best. Yeah. He is the best. He's the best in watching his shows, but actually working with him, he is the best. Like yeah. he's like a Scott Fellows. Yeah, he sets he a tone yeah. on a set. Yeah, this is the creator of uh, Cougar Town, Scrubs, um, Scrubs. Um, Ted Lasso. Yeah, he writes on. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. endless. And now Shrinking, which is so good. But he God, he's so good. He's so good because he he marries heart and humor. His writing is heart and humor, and yep. he nails it every time. But the the dynamic he puts on set is freedom. Like I like mm. as an adult, it was the first time I was like, oh there can be a set like this. Like mm. there can be a person who trusts you enough to like let you be your absolute funniest because mm. he really, he believes in you. So you're like, well, who am I to like, you know, whatever. But that experience made me go like, oh, I want to try this myself. I want to try to create an environment myself and whatever. And we did it for nothing, but Scott's good at what he does. So it looked expensive. Yeah. But like that, that was my first pivot was like, okay, it's still acting. I'm still in it. But, but let me make my own but thing. But let me make my own yeah. thing. Let me write it. And I, I, probably stupidly got almost no notes on it. I just went for it. I was yeah. like, if this is going to suck, then it's going to suck because it's mine and not because anyone else. You it, didn't suck. It, didn't. it didn't suck. And, but that was like my first pivot and it was mm. exciting, but also scary because it felt like I had to acknowledge my acting career didn't go exactly the way I wanted. And that's why I'm now experimenting with making my own shit. Yeah. But then that was so incredible that like, then that made me go like, oh, I like writing and I think I'm pretty good at it. And then that led to the next thing. And mm. now I have such fulfillment doing what I'm doing that I'm like, thank God, Beautiful. thank God that I didn't actually ha have it go the exact way I wanted mm. because then I wouldn't get to experience all this. Do you know what I mean? I do. And, but that's not without absolute dark oh, nights of soul of where course, it's hard like, to come by. that process is hard. Yes. So I'm the pivots, the pivots yes. come with deep identity deep. reckoning, deep nights where your head is just like, am I useless? Am I a failure? 100. So I don't mean to make it sound kumbaya because no, it but, is not. But it's true what you said. It's like, also, how boring would it be if what I thought I needed the world to be was what it was? <laughs> but even, how boring uh, if I didn't truly, have to go discover other things than what I thought, than what I planned. I like, also think, though, your music to me is always the thing. It like to my core because I remember. I don't remember if it was your first performance or not, but your City Walk one. Do you remember that? Jeez, yeah, I think like that so might have been ago. either that's one of the first. One of yeah, the first for sure. I remember, like, I wanted to barf before because I was so nervous for you. I knew you were gonna kill it, but I'm one of, <laughs> again one of those people that's like. <laughs> I remember Vanessa and I were like, he's got it, he's got it. And you did great and you were amazing. But like your music was always good. You always wrote good, out the gate, you wrote good stuff. Thanks. And then all of a sudden, one day, you started writing stuff on a level that was like insane. Like dare I Thanks. say, brilliant. Like Thanks. Temple is one of the most incredible songs I've ever heard in my life. Bar none, not from people I know ever. And you were so tapped into something that does yeah. not come from easiness. Yeah. You didn't, that song didn't come to you from your life being exactly what you thought your life was going to be. No. And that to me is with you. I always think about that. I'm like, you were always good, but that song is bigger than you and everything. And yeah. it's in, but you had to go through enough things in your life to birth that song. Yeah. 
and you would have never maybe had something like that if if you don't you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's another like natural unfolding of life. Like this is if you stay open yes. and stay in discovery and stay as close as you can to your sense of the truth. Yes. Like, my music was always coming from some true place in me, but there was a time where um, I was coming at it a little bit outside in, um, you know, assigned to Universal, coming off Ned's for a little bit, and, and I was looking at music uh, a little bit too outside in, business-minded, business like, they, they, how do I impress them? How do I get them to like me, to like it? And after enough time, it, it started to shift and become like something else. And actually, I wrote Temple um, one summer and then... Uh, <laughs> I'm like, how much do I want to say on here? Um, and then, uh, and then um, I actually learned a, a lot more about what music can be outside of the pop music mm. industry when I got to sing these songs I had written in the privacy of my heart and life. I got to sing them for people in a psychedelic healing ceremony. I got to sing them for people in an ayahuasca ceremony. And it really changed what music was for me. I said, oh my goodness. Like, yes, there's a there's the side of pursuing music as an industry, but there's also like this really primal thing of, of uh, giving voice to like heart, giving voice to not just my heart, but our collective yep. heart and soul yep. and experience and singing it in a certain setting can really move people it can really move them through something it can really get yes. people to accept and hear a, a part of themselves and you don't need psychedelics for that that's just yeah that was just kind of the opening yeah. for me and it really shifted my relationship to music forever after that ceremony I said oh wow um you know beyond this experience uh which was incredible and beautiful but moving forward in my life now huh I know I know more about what I can do musically out of giving Mm -hmm. Not out of how do I get people to look at me, but how do I like give something that that feels that means something, you know? One hundred and and it and you can feel that. Like yeah. I I you can feel that. Literally one of the first details after Scott proposed to me, and we like sat down to like, all right, what do we want this wedding to be? Because we knew we wanted to have a wedding, but we were like, we don't want it to be completely traditional. We want it to be literally Yours. one of the first details was like, we want Devin to sing Temple beforehand because it's not just a song. It's mm -hmm. it's. It's, yeah, it's an affirmation, yeah, but it's, it's also affirmation. a prayer and it's yeah. a calling in and it it is so powerful and it is 100%, like you said, not coming from out in, it is yeah. in out yeah. and you can't do anything but respond to it when you hear something like yeah. that. And the best part about it is we knew we wanted that. My family knew, everyone was like immediately like, yes. Yeah. And it was so special because you did it before the ceremony yep. and that's what we wanted. We wanted to like set the tone. And when I tell you to this day, we have like friends and family, like spe specifically on like Scott's side too, that we don't, that like, you know, we don't see all the time. Like he, to this day, every time we see him, he's like, 
that song, man. <laughs> like, like true. I mean, true. Like, it, it really. It. And, and again, it. like all different walks of life. He's he's way older than us. He's yeah. all these different things. He's on his own path. Maybe yeah. not someone. I can't. I don't know if he would identify as like spiritual or not. But right. it didn't matter. My point is, yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. when you're in the realm of truth and you're in the yeah. realm of vulnerability like that. You can't not respond to yeah, it. Yeah, that was so special. That was so cool. So I wrote this song, Temple. Um, it's out on Spotify and stuff. If there's this an isn't EP an ad, if, here if, now. you better go I'm listen just gonna now. A little bit. There's, yeah, no, there's, please. It's Please. Temple's Temple's out there. It's an older song of mine, but it's been out there. Um, and and this, the recording of it is just one version. Like it's such an alive song and prayer and whatever. And it has shown up throughout my life to be something bigger than me. I wrote it, didn't know what it was going to be, and it's just turned into this thing. Uh, but one of the the highlights of Temple in my life was getting to sing it before your wedding. Um, like what an honor to set the the kind of tone for your guys' and it ceremony. Totally did. And then you walked down the aisle to River by Leon Bridges, which <laughs> still makes me cry every it time. It makes me cry every time I hear it because I think of you walking down the aisle. It's but such a beautiful song oh, yes. already. Yep. That song moves me to tears already. Uh, and soul. now I have this beautiful memory of like it being your wedding day. So that's gorgeous. And then Maceo put and then Maceo, then their officiant, us, yeah. um, kind of improvised it. He checked in with Scott first, but improvised it during Carly and Scott's vows. They used the lyrics to my <laughs> song in their vows. And I wept. When I tell you I wept, I wept. <laughs> the best part is no one checked in with me, and I'm so grateful because I did not expect it. And oh. then I was like... Oh. <laughs> like it made it was just such a potent but that's what I mean that is the power of that song it exists in its own realm and you could have only birthed it if you had walked this exact path that you walk yeah and it's not the uh the idea of 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 what my life would be but it's a beautiful path 100%. I love this life it's yeah. it's discovery it's figuring out like what what I'm here for what matters to me what 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 do I want to give what and allowing your purpose with? to be more than one thing. That's something mm -hmm. Scott and I have been talking about a lot. And I was talking about it with my mom too. Like, it, I feel like we're in a time right now where it's like, you want to be so like, no, this is the thing that I'm doing. And it's like, but what if your purpose is all of these things? Right. Every This is right. part of your purpose. Right. Part of your purpose is the music that you do. Part of it is right. the screenplays you write. Right. Some of it's the acting. Some of it's being an uncle to your niece. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, instead of, it takes the pressure off of everything of to go like. to be this one thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get to live some form of my purpose today, whether I book a job or not. That's, that's the thing I think people that are not in this yeah. industry don't totally get is that it's like you become so accustomed to rejection. Yeah. It is your set point. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. That it, there's beauty in that, but yeah. there's also a lot of pain in that. And you start to feel like, well, I can't live my passion unless someone else allows me to. And like, I feel like the tour we've all been on that you were like talking about earlier is that we're all finding ways to bring our purpose back to us yeah. and not waiting for someone else to give us the opportunity to express it, yeah. but giving ourselves the opportunity in all these different ways. Yeah. Uh, this reminds me too of like just the idea of codependency in a relationship or in whatever your idea of your life is when, when you put it all in this one centralized yeah. thing, uh, I've done it in relationship, yep. like everything, all of my purpose was in showing up well to this relationship or I need my acting career yeah. and that's where I will get all of this stuff. When you actually like break apart a little bit and let life open up, like when a, my biggest relationship ended, like I actually got to see, oh wait, like love is here in my friendships. Love is here 
in my family. Love is here in my passion yep. for this and how I show up in the world. Oh, when I, I've centralized it into this one thing, but actually it's, it's spread out across my life and the same with my purpose. If I can pursue the things that I want, but also like live it in all areas. Can I live who I am? Um, it's just a better way to live. It's a stronger way to live. You're not codependent. You're not, you're, you're in your power actually. You are empowered that way. You're and, not Yeah, dependent. and it doesn't make the heartbreak any easier. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Listen, listen here. No, no, it doesn't. No, it does not. But, no, I heard all the time. <laughs> all the time. But when you, the, the, the privilege of getting older and being around, you know, as long as we can be, is that time allows us to see that it's not ever just going to be heartbreak. You walking that journey with you after that, like you cracked open. Yeah. In, and a lot of stuff needed to come out, but like you also softened in areas that you needed for yourself to soften. Yeah. And I remember hating seeing the pain that you were in, but you also had a playfulness come back to you yeah. that you had lost for a little while. Yeah. And you always bring out such a playfulness in me like that. And I think part of it is because when we met, we were like yeah, we were tiny little babies. playful nuggets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like that's our energetic set point is like exactly. when I see you, I'm like, it's daddy. What's up, like, we don't yeah. wrestle anymore, but we yeah. get to <laughs> emotionally giggle and whatever. Yeah. But that like playfulness is something I think we all lose through phases in life. And then we get to come back to it if we want to or whatever. But you are by nature a playful human. Very much and it's so. what's so attractive about you. You're You have so much charisma and all of that stuff. But you would like there, and I didn't realize you had lost a little bit until after. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, here he is. There's the little playful. I didn't realize I had lost it. Like, I didn't realize. Isn't that crazy? I I woke up to the fact that I had lost myself. Yeah. With the best of intentions, with the deepest love in my heart for this person in this relationship and this future I was building. I didn't realize that I had lost who the fuck I am. Yeah. And I think it happens to a lot of people. Yes. It was it was mind-blowing. It was so painful because I had, I had become so codependent without realizing it that that coming back to my independence came with a lot of shit, but it also came up with so much joy to go like here I am. Yep. Here's my natural set point. I had moved so far away to meet this person yep. who I loved. And thank God it went the way it did. Thank God it didn't work out the way it did. Thank God it hurt the way it did. Because now I don't fucking, I won't do that for anybody. I won't go off my center for fucking anybody. You'll meet me. Like we'll do, I'll meet you where you are, but in myself and you'll meet me here or we're not doing it. Yeah. Cause I'll stay, I'm staying, I'm not doing that shit ever again. (laughs) How do you really feel? Yeah. Goddamn. Call but him, you also, but you again. also loved hard, and there was a beauty in seeing yeah. that too. Because it wasn't hard. always that. No, it, it no, wasn't it's always bad for some of it. For no, a lot of it, it was beautiful to it. see you to put so I much in. Went in, yeah, man. you did. And but I also think there's there is something so beautiful about your own realization of like I didn't realize I had lost myself until after. How often do we not relationship or not career doesn't matter. You a lot of times you really don't realize. Mm-hmm. Lord knows I've had this where it's like. Oh, I, I'm not, I, all of a sudden you have that moment and either yeah, it's either like, a heartbreak oh, or it's or whatever. And you're like, Oh, I, I, I don't want to be here. Like I don't recognize this person. Yes, yes. And it typically does. It doesn't happen overnight. All of a sudden no. it's like, Oh, Oh, no, it's a lot of slow choices. Absolutely. Of small choices. 100%. And then all of a sudden you're, you're gone. And the power of going, you always have the ability to come back to that. And it might take you weeks, years, who knows, but like you can. 
And now you're just the coolest version of yourself you've ever been. I agree. Thanks, Carly. You it's too. It's true. Thanks. You too. Honestly. Thanks. Honestly, the 30s are tight. They. Thank you. Can we make 30s cool? 30s are tight, I man. know too Shit. many people who are freaked out about 30s. I'm like, bro, bye-bye 20s. 30s are is tight. Like, I love who I was in my 20s, but same, man, I'm but way cooler now. 30s just feel... <laughs> 30s just feels good. It it's does. like it's like putting on a jacket that fits you like perfect, and it you're like, does. "Where has this been?" <laughs> I'm. I love it. I loved this. Me Thank too. you for Thank coming you for having on. me on. Um, let's see. Major takeaways. There's beauty in the pivot. Yes. Ooh. There's beauty, beauty in the pivot. pivot. Um, don't <laughs> memeify your ideas about relationships or life. Yes. Mm, what else we got from this? I don't know. Follow your heart. Keep going. Keep going, guys. Keep com keep coming back to yourselves. Yes. Um, yeah, this has been lovely. I love seeing you. you I know. love seeing you. You know. Um, and I look forward to meeting your baby. Me too. Uh, w w shout out your screenwriting program, Blank Page Blank Coaching. Blank Page Coaching. On, yep. on Insta. Insta. Yeah, I have a TikTok for it, but I'm still trying to figure a TikTok out. Okay. Um, if anyone's passionate about screenwriting, check out Carly's page, uh, Blank Page there, yeah. Screenwriting. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's it's super fun. And then um, just like my regular, is that a thing? A regular handle? Yeah. Uh, is Carly M. Casey. Cool. Um, and if you want to see the uh, web series I did, it's Are You There, God? It's Me, Margot on YouTube. Yeah. It's, that's There's up. a it lot was, of curse was, words, though, I will say. <laughs> the fuck? I know. But They're listening to me. What do you mean? It's fine. I know, but like I had enough like older generation being like it's so funny a lot of curse words well dude that's fine my, my but i'm like have you met me my, i think my, my first word might have been fine. that's what i mean i'm like it's fine my, my mom like she was like she was like you know i listen to growing up sometime and, and and she's like and i really like it she's like but on the ned's pod you guys talk about like poop a lot like she's like i don't like it i don't get it i'm like mom it's gold you gotta the talk about talk poop. is gold, You gotta mom. talk about poop sometimes. It's not for your generation. It's poop for happens. my generation. 